0: Thanks, Radio Sport.
1: Good evening, welcome to Saturday Sport Classified on Manx Radio. Dave Moore with you for the next hour and despite the weather we have a packed programme, a roundup of today's action from football, hockey and rugby. Well, we'll start with today's classified check, beginning with football in the ECAP FA Cup quarterfinals. Russian United nil, Corinthians 2, Peel 6, Colby nil. The game between St. John's and St. George's postponed. And Laxey 4, Douglas Royal 1. In Canada Life Men's Premier League, the game between Douglas High School Old Boys and Moran, match postponed. DPS Limited Division 2, the game between Foxdale and Douglas and District postponed as to Braddon versus Jims. Castletown 1, Michael United 2, Douglas Athletic against Ramsey Centre All Boys postponed. And given as Athletic 0, St Mary's 6. Canada Life Combination 1, Ramsey 2, Peel 4. The match between Onken and Union Mills postponed. As to Air United against St John's and DPS Limited, combination two, the games between Maloo and St Mary's postponed and Michael and Jim's postponed. On to rugby, regional two, Northwest Douglas 25, Firwood Waterloo 17. In the counties three, ADM Lancashire Cheshire League, Vagabonds 24, Berry 5. In the Ravenscroft Manx Trophy, Southern Nomads, Whites 59, Ramsey Blues and Western Vikings 15. Eastern Barbarians against Ramsey Reds in Castletown was postponed. On to hockey, the Ladies Premier League. Castletown B-0, Vikings 5. Backers 2, Valkyres 5. In the Men's Premier League, Castletown 0, Backers 5. Backers B-1, Vikings A-4. And the game between Valkyries and Ramsey was postponed. Ladies Division 1, Ramsey 3, Vikings B1. No score so far for Backers B against Backers C. Harlequins 1, Valkyries B0. Men's Division 1. The game between Vikings C and Harlequins A was abandoned. Valkyries B7, Harlequins B0. The fixtures in Ladies Division 2, Castletown D against Viking C and Valkyrie C against Ramsey B were postponed and no score so far for Harlequins B against Castletown C. Men's Division 2, Backers C 0, Castletown C 3, Ramsey B 2, Backers Colts 1. And in mixed under-15s league, the game between Ramsey Rogues and Rascals and Castletown Sharks was postponed. Castletown Sabres 6, Backers 1. And the fixture between Vikings and Valkyries was also postponed. So a few postponements today, but plenty of action still to talk about. Here in the studio, we have Tony Mappham and Ben Cunningham. And also Rob Pritchard will be talking uh, FC Isle Man as well. And we'll begin with Tony. Tony, big day in the FA Cup. We know some of the semi-finalists. Um... Let me just see if I can bring you up on a microphone here. Um, bear with me one second. Uh, so, Tony Mepham, uh good to have you in the studio. So, uh, a big game down at Croit Lowy with Russian United against Corinthians. Beforehand, you'd have thought Corinthians were going to win this, but, uh, you know, in the end it was. But Russian must have pushed them. Pushed them?
2: Yeah, they pushed them in the second half. I think it's one of those, uh, Dave, Way the weather was so... Uh, windy and it was sort of blowing from if you like the seashore uh, down towards uh, Port Aaron but uh, it didn't really spoil the game there was chances there early on and uh, it was Corinthians who took the lead after uh, Josh Ridings uh, finished it really well, good cross in and uh, controlled it, he feigned the shot and then pulled it back and then hit it with his left foot and uh, Tony Harris stood there, no chance with it. And uh, the second one, Danny Gerrard, again, it was a good cross by Jay Chatwood from the right and Danny's not the tallest of uh, players but headed it in past the keeper uh, to make it uh, 2-0. Russian had uh, some chances, Jordan Watson in the first half. In the second half, they were, you know, having a pop as you'd expect with the wind uh, sort of behind them. Uh, but uh, Adam Killia I thought safe pair of hands today collected really well and uh, a couple of times when uh, the defenders uh, sort of had to do their job uh, they stopped the ball from uh, going over the line but uh, I think Corinthians deserved it I know I'm a Corinthians person uh, but I don't think uh, the Russian faithful will argue with that one and uh, Russian go out and uh, Corinthians go into the semi-final draw
1: Corinthians best chance of silverware this season is it?
2: Uh, I I still don't think they've uh, sort of uh, forgotten about the league neither because uh, when you look they've got Luke Murray uh, back in. And like Luke today, he had a great opportunity in the last uh, couple of minutes uh, to score, but well saved by uh, Harris. And then also he hit the post with a header. So when you've got players of his quality and also uh, Chris Cannell, there, uh, it uh, sort of helps. And, um, you know, there's one or two others who are kicking around uh, coming back from uh, injury. So it might just make uh, Corinthians a little bit uh, stronger, but take nothing away. The younger players have come in. Carl Presley today, battled well, Stewie Smith, Darren Kane at the back. Plenty of experience uh, in there but you know Peel at the moment have got advantage because they've played I think it's uh, four games or three four games more than Corinthians and uh, the points are in the bag as where even if Corinthians win all their games in hand on Peel they're still three points behind them but Peel and Corinthians do have to meet so the challenge is uh, still going on up there but if it's uh, down to uh, two teams to win the league it's going to be Peel and Corinthians
1: and you would would you want them Paired to in the semi-finals, uh, we have got the draw coming up, haven't we? So uh...
3: We have
2: uh, Brooks on uh, standby in London and uh, well, I'll apologise to him on air myself, but we cancelled the draw this morning due to we, we lost that Peel and Colby game, uh, but uh, fortunately enough, uh, Colby could uh, accommodate the game. They uh, had it down at uh, Station Road uh, Fields and it was played and well done uh, to them, but uh, it's Yeah, it, it doesn't matter when you look at the four teams in the hat or five teams. We've got St John's or St George's. We'll try and play that, Dave, next Saturday. Just mm-hmm. a little bit of a hiccup. at St George's free week, so we're just trying to see if they're free to play. Okay. Uh, we've got Peel actually in Corinthians, so four, five. Very, very yep. good teams still in it.
1: Let's talk about Peel then because they put six past Colby.
2: Yeah, and let's uh, got thanks to uh, Colin Moore, got a bit of a report on this one. And it was only 1-0 to Peel. At uh, half-time, uh, Thomas Brown uh, got uh, two of the goals, but it was uh, the 4th and the 55th minute he got his goals. There was an own goal on the uh, 60th minute. Fred Donoghue uh, with his uh, sort of debut goal uh, on 78. Paul Whitehead on 90 and Lee Gale on 93. So there's three goals in the last uh, sort of 12 minutes. So that's well played to uh, Colby in that one. And um, after uh, the first goal was after four minutes, but Colby's defence battled well for the rest of the half. On a tighter uh, of the pitchers, Freddie O'Donoghue scored on his first team debut. Well done there, Freddie. We wish you well in the little career that you possibly going on football-wise. And uh, Paul Whitehead and uh, Substitutes Lee Gale scored late on to emphasise Peel's second-half superiority. Please thank Colby for offering their pitch this afternoon. Helps keep the the fixtures rolling. And, um, yeah, from me as well, a big, big thank you. Well done Mm. to everyone in organising it in a short space of time.
1: Colby, the last of the DPS Limited Division 2 sides in the Cup, and we bid farewell to
2: them. Yeah, we do, but, um, you know, credit to them. And you, you, when you look at uh, Colby, Dave, where they've been over the last uh, couple of years, you know, with no first team and, and stuff like that, you know, it, it's credit to them for bouncing back. They've got two strong teams. The the sort of atmosphere down there is superb. And I think um, it's going well for them. And uh, today, after 78 minutes, if you'd have said the premiership side would only be 3-0 ahead, you would have said, no, 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 it's going to be more. So credit to them.
1: And credit to Colby because, I mean, a lot of investment went into that club when they moved grounds um you know where they used to play is now there's houses there but uh, yeah they switched across the road to station fields
2: yeah and credit to them because it's a lot of hard work um okay they got money for the pitch but then to but even develop, so, been, yeah, yeah, exactly. develop what they've got and to have that uh, Astro pitch there as well as Mega, that's an income stream for them uh, They It's a great stand. facility for the south of the island Oh, It's brilliant and uh, when you look at the pitches that they've got they've got two good pitches and then they've got another pitch just tucked behind the Astro pitch No, there's a lot of hard work being done and um, they deserve everything that's happening for them at the moment I think they're on a massive turn
1: okay, um, The other fixture, Laxey against Douglas Royal 4-1 in the end
2: Yeah, uh, report I got on this one. I think Douglas Royal took the lead. Sam Baines, who uh, is Mm. over, obviously, from university at the moment. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. He got uh, one, but then uh, two top players. uh, Tina Garvey, FC Aleman player with uh, two goals. Brody Patience got a couple as well. They're two cracking players there. Comfortable victory for uh, Lax in the end, 4-1, and they go through.
1: And the other game obviously didn't go ahead, St. John's and St. George's. And we'll be bringing you the draw very, very shortly. We'll continue, though, looking at the rest of the other fixtures that took place today. Nothing happened in the Men's Premier League. and DPS Limited Division 2. It was a big game at the top there between Castletown and Michael.
2: And the Northerners took it. Superb uh, performance by them. And, um, you know, well done to uh, Michael in this one because uh, you know that's a big result I didn't think that one would uh, happen and it was uh, 1-1 uh, at half t- uh, The yeah 1-1 at half time Danny Lane for uh, Castletown uh, Kieran Lane got a goal I don't think they're related uh, for Michael Liam Kane uh, he's the one that we're hearing good reports about um, you know scored uh, plenty of goals for Michael and he got the all important one today by the sound of it the winner uh, which gives uh, Michael a huge uh, three points in this uh, chase for promotion And not only that, Chase for the Championship as well, because you've got St Mary's involved, Michael Castletown, and you've got Braddon in there as well, so it's all to play for.
1: And, uh, yes, St Mary's, uh, comfortable winners, as you'd expect, 6-0 against Governors.
2: Yeah, it was, and uh, not too sure of the uh, half-time score, but uh, Owen Canaper he got uh, three of the goals today, James Murphy got one, Uh, Therese Thompson with another goal, and Nathan Halsall. Uh, got uh, the last one, I think it was, for St Mary's. 6-0 winners.
1: Uh, into Canada Life, combination one. Peel with a 4-2 victory away at Ramsey.
2: Yeah, I haven't got uh, Ramsey's two goal scorers, but uh, for Peel, Aaron Castain, Ethan Herbert, uh, Joe Krukel and Alec Ecolongo got uh, the other one. Uh, three players there. Krukel, Herbert and Ecolongo. Uh, tremendous uh, young players coming through the system. Alan Castain lots of experience in the combination today and obviously helped the young players to get that brilliant result 4-2 against Ramsey. Uh,
1: So a little bit of a headache now perhaps with the fixtures that didn't go ahead today?
2: Yeah there is um, you know next week unfortunately uh, it's not a a fixture that we've lost at the moment but St John's were due to play Moran uh, but we're sort of creeping up on this uh, Easter Saturday ECAP FA Cup final so we need to Sort of keep it uh, going. So next week we'll play the St John's and St George's game, hopefully. If not, we'll put the St John's and Moran uh, game back on. Sorry about that, Moran. And then uh, on the 25th, we've got the ECAP FA Cup semi-finals. Then we've got a set of league fixtures after that. And then uh, we've got Easter, which is the Woods Cup on the Friday and the FA Cup on the Saturday. But then... We're going to have to start hitting the ground running with their uh, night games, Dave. We've no choice.
1: Okay. Um, what we do have to do though is a draw for the ECap semi-finals, and we should be able to do that now, courtesy of uh, Brooke Longhurst. Good evening, Brooke.
4: Good evening, gents. How are you? Yes, excellent. Very good. And you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Can't complain at all.
1: Okay. I'm going to hand you over now to Tony Mapham because uh, Tony's here for the draw for the semi-finals of the ECap. FA Cup. Take it away, Tony.
2: Hiya, Brooke. Uh, Hope you're okay. I know that um, uh, weather conditions over here haven't been too good. What's it like in London?
4: To be honest, it's uh, only just stopped raining for the first time in about four days. I was about to prepare myself for Noah's Ark, build it at home kit. But, uh, yeah, we're we're finally all right, mate. And I hear it's just been absolute non-stop snow your end for most of it.
2: Absolute nightmare because uh, this morning um, we looked at the drawer and I sent you an email to say... Uh, Brook, Dan, we're going to have to bin this because it did look as if we were going to have one, maybe two of the uh, quarterfinals on. Uh, but we managed to uh, get three of them on one of the teams uh, who gave home advantage and uh, they managed to switch it round. And I'm glad to say your furniture shopping is finished and uh, you've managed to race back to <laughs> oh the my. office and, um, and, and get the balls ready for the draw. So hopefully yeah. you've got uh, four balls in the hat yeah. And yeah, if you can put change. everyone out of their museum, do the semi-final draws, please.
4: Yeah, no problem. So are you are you ready for the first
2: We first certainly draw? are. Certainly are.
4: Perfect. Uh, and first draw is number one.
2: Number one is a home tie for Corinthians.
4: And uh, now play number four.
2: Number four is St. John's or St. George's.
4: Uh, and then the, the next uh, out of the hat is number three.
2: Number three is Peel.
4: And and Peel
2: will play number two. And number two is Laxey. So I'll give you the ECAP FA Cup semi-final draw. These games, Dave, to be played on the 25th of March, two o'clock kickoff. First one out of the hat was Corinthians against St. John's or St. George's. And the second one was Peel against Laxey. Brooke, just while you're on, um, we had a conversation with the uh, FA last week and... um, You've uh, decided, which is very nice of you, to continue to sponsor the ECAP FA Cup, which is really good news for Manx football.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's been a great partnership for us. Um, you know, we've always wanted, as we, we said from the start, to continue to invest back into the Isle of Man in, and into grassroots football in particular. Um, we've really enjoyed the partnership and, and we're looking forward to continue it for another few years to come.
2: Brilliant. And uh, what are your plans? Are you coming over for Easter Saturday to watch the game?
4: Absolutely uh, Dan Dan will be missing it Unfortunately He's on holiday But myself And uh, another colleague Of ours Will be on the island uh, And looking forward To, to giving the trophy to, to one of the four teams left You know May the best team win
2: Brilliant I've got to ask you The question Because I give you A bit of ribbon Last time I saw you Last week What about your result uh, Midweek in, in Europe For West Ham um,
4: Yeah No I mean look You know There's only so much Pride you can take Out of beating Larnaca You know It's uh, <laughs> it's about time we've got some sort of win it's just tomorrow uh, we've we got Aston Villa at home that's the big one can I see us getting something no not really um, we can barely win an argument at the moment so yeah I'm just praying that there's three worse teams in the league than us
2: brilliant Brooke thank you so much once again for doing the draw I know you've had to shift things around but it means a lot no to problem. the people here on the Isle of Man so we'll just go through the draw again the first semi-final out of the hat was Corinthians against St John's or St George's and the second game is Peel will play Laxey. Brook, thank you so much.
4: No problem. Have a great weekend, gents, and uh, I'll speak to you again later.
2: And you.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Brook Longhurst of ECAP. So, a reaction to that draw then, Tony. Corinthians against St. John's or St. George's and uh, Peel against Laxey. So, the top, the big two, kept apart.
2: You say the big two... Well, uh, only
1: only for this, you know, the big two. The, the two top two teams saw this season, Peel and Corinthians. They are the two. You, if you were... If you were a bookie and I came in and wanted to put a few quid on, those are the shortest odds I'd get Peel and Corinthians.
2: Yeah, possibly are. But when you look at uh, Laxey's current form, uh, you look at last week, Laxey were 2-0 down and ended up um, 6-3 winners. So that showed character that. And they've got some really good young players in there. St John's against uh, St George's, it will depend on where St John's are with Dean Lease because uh, he's in the FC Alamance squad uh, at the moment and these games are down for the 25th. So if fixtures work out that way, Dean Lease could possibly uh, come into that uh, setup if he's involved. But also with St George's as well, as we saw last week against Peel. You know, they didn't have the greatest of games, but they frustrated Peel. Mm-hmm. And it was only in the last minute that Paul Whitehead got that penalty that gave uh, Peel the points. So. You know, it it's it's wide open and I don't think there's any favourites in it, but you know, Peel are top of the league, Corinthians are second and it doesn't yeah. tell lies.
1: Yeah, Peel only lost once this season in the league, Corinthians only lost twice. Luxe have lost seven. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Stato <laughs> you getting like Rob over there. <laughs> well, when you've got the master to learn from, you know, it's uh... um right, we're going to stick around because we still we've got FA Cup action tomorrow as well, don't forget, and women's football, we'll look out to that and also Rob's also here, we'll talk a little bit of FC other man, even though they're not in action tonight, and we've got Ben Cunningham still to come as well with uh rugby. Uh, with rugby, with hockey, but first of all, with rugby, we'll hand over to Dave Christian to get the lowdown on today's fixtures. Good evening, Dave Christian.
5: Yeah, good evening, Dave. Um, uh, what a day it's been for Douglas and Vagabonds. Um, Douglas, we'll start with uh, they beat uh, Firwood Waterloo in their final game in Regional Two Northwest. 25-17 the final score was and Douglas led 22-5 at half time with first half tries from Kyle Martin, Rob Todd and Sam McCord plus two conversions and a penalty from Brent Snellgrove. Waterloo came back in the second half but a second Snellgrove penalty steadied the Douglas ship and that secured them the points. The interesting thing about today's game is that the win for Douglas uh, coupled with defeats for Wilmslow and Broughton Park means that Douglas will avoid relegation this season, and they can look to build over the summer for the 23-24 campaign in Regional Two Northwest. Uh, it's been a little bit touch and go, but in the end, um, Wilmslow conceded their away fixture against uh, champions Anselmians and Broughton Park lost at home to Glossop this afternoon. Uh, Broughton Park still have two games to play, but Douglas are now 13 points clear of them and uh, uh, well-deserved too. Uh, good, solid win and Firwood-Waterloo are, are pretty high up the table as well, so uh, that makes the win for Douglas a little bit more impressive. Vagabonds, on the other hand, uh, they secured their first home win of the season, beating Berry 24-5 in their final fixture. Um, I say home win, it wasn't quite at home. They had to shift the game to the Murrit Park at Ramsey uh, because of snow on the Bella Fletcher pitch so that they couldn't get shifted this morning. Um, that didn't put Vagas off their stride. Uh, Stevie Gorn and Dan Bomwick both went over for tries for Vagabonds in the first half. And in the second half, Mark Oldfield went in for one, and Gorn picked up his second. Cam Finley weighed in with two conversions along the way. Uh, Ethan Ethan Marsh picked up a late consolation try for uh, um, for Berry in the game, and uh, they well deserved that as well. But it was in the final minute. Um, elsewhere in the league, however, and that's the important thing for Vagabonds, uh, they're going to move off the bottom and uh, potentially, because we don't know how relegation's going to work quite yet, but potentially they could avoid relegation. However, there was one more game that was important today and it was Port Sunlight versus Duckingfield. Port Sunlight are the team that Vagabonds have gone ahead and uh, that game was unfortunately postponed due to the weather, so Vaggers are left a little bit dangling now for a a couple of weeks until that fixture can be rearranged, and uh, a win for um, uh, Duck will be enough for Vagabonds to finish second from bottom of the table and with a better chance of avoiding relegation, Uh, but uh, that decision is going to be made by the Divisional Organising Committee in a couple of weeks' time. In the final game uh, of the afternoon, it was the Ravenscroft Manx Trophy that's finished 59-15 Southern Nomads Whites uh, against the combined forces of Ramseys Blues and Western Vikings. Uh, 59-15 the final score for nomads. Uh, two tries each for Josh Smith, Django Kinley, and Jack Slight. And also tries from Ori Watterson, Rob Olston, and Sam Kenyack with mark young weighing in with five conversions i haven't quite got all the scoring information for ramsey but i do understand jared may went in for at least one try and uh, that's as much information as i'm going to get today i would think i have to catch the lads in the pub later on to pick that up but yeah impressive wins there for douglas and vagabonds vagabonds certainly finishing the season on a high it's not been easy for them and uh, they've gradually improved particularly since christmas and the addition of a new coach and uh, and the signing of uh, Daniel Bomwick from Ramsey uh, made the difference for them. They deserved this afternoon's win. They were on top pretty much from start to finish and even suffered a yellow card in the process. Alex currently picked up a team yellow card, uh, but that didn't put them off their stride either. Neither did the weather, uh, cold wind and uh, driving rain. But uh, all in all, a good day for Vagabonds, a good day for Douglas, and a good day for Isle of Man Rugby.
0: Thanks, radio. Sport.
1: Thanks to Dave Christian with a roundup of rugby. We're going to go back to football temporarily and uh, just talk a little bit. We've got uh, Tony Mappen still here and also Rob Pritchard as well. We'll talk to Rob in a moment about FC Art of Man. Um, just looking at the conditions today, Tony, uh, which is the most brutal pitch to play on? I mean, you've played everywhere i'd imagine maybe not, not some of the newer ones Tried but, where, to play. <laughs> <laughs> but where, where were the pitches that really on a day like today you thought i don't want to be playing here
2: T- today was cold but i would think at the moment and um i'll put it out there, is gary moore uni mills it's on the top of the hill it's open it's pretty cool um but yeah, today was was cold. Where Union Mills play
1: now. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've never played on that one so I don't It's it's yeah. right
2: open. There's no real protection. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a good facility. It's a brilliant facility, mm-hmm. but you are open to the elements and um, that's the hard one is mm. that wind and if you've got that bit of rain as well it'll be cut, cutting. And just to give you an idea I had the uh, heater on in the van, Manx Radio van, on the way back. Ten maximum for the whole trip <laughs> from London. That's how cold I was. So there you go. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. There, I don't
1: think there was ever an amazing place. I mean, Ramsey wasn't too bad, uh, even though it was kind of walled in a way. But um, I'm trying to think of somewhere would where would be the best place to play on no. the day daylight like today? Was she was protected from the elements?
2: Even even down at the bowl, Rob will come in yeah. on this one. That the bowl can be quite uh, cruel as well because we're mm-hmm. standing right in front yeah. of the building, and the wind uh, comes right through. But it is what it is. It's an outdoor sport, and you just yeah. sort of crack on. And you know, t- today I was surprised that we got those games on. To I, be fair to honest, I was waiting for the call today, saying no, no sport. No, we managed to get it through because it just all sort of came together nicely. And down at Russian, I got a text through at half past nine this morning. It was clear. And uh, Colby's was in good nick when I went round. But when I dropped uh, Rob home last night, um, he just had a little peer out the window, didn't you, at uh, Douglas High School Old Boys. And it was white, Dave. There was just no way there was any football going to be played at Blackbury Lane Mm -hmm. from last night's conditions.
1: Okay, we have hopefully some football tomorrow uh, in terms of the ladies' uh, FA Cup competition. Um, but one game's already succumbed
2: yeah it has uh, Douglas Royal and Castletown uh, that's gone because uh, again Baller Fletcher's well and truly mm-hmm. under snow I don't know what it's like now uh, but certainly at 12 o'clock it was underneath and um, Malu against uh, Onken question mark uh, question mark yeah we have spoke to the people at Malou and just said to them um, what are you thinking and because they called the game off today due to mm. the weather conditions but so you know, that's, it's is this going to be
1: one of those maybe tomorrow morning it's going decisions going to be made do you think? or
2: I, I would hope maybe tonight I asked the boys okay. and committee boys as well Jordan and, and the others just uh, if you can make a, an early call just so everyone knows what, what they're up to because with what's out there at the moment mm. it's not nice anyway so there's no point in travelling if the roads are going to be treacherous.
1: Now just with t- in terms of the women's fixtures because next week it's Mother's Day yep. and uh, that's a free weekend for women's football with the postpone fixtures be pushed onto the next Sunday, do you think?
2: We'll have a look at it, Dave, because um, the problem is when we come to rearrange fixtures, and there's only a couple to put in at the moment, it's it's fine in that night, and there's I might as well put it out there, there's no discussion. You don't phone clubs up and say, mm. can you play? You put them on, and usually... And then uh,
1: wait for them to tell you that they can't.
2: If they can't play, mm. then it goes down. Well, it, it sounds a little bit harsh, but we can't just mm-hmm. sort of wait for clubs to see what sort of uh, dates they've got players available so uh, fingers crossed that um, you know we can try and get something out. But with losing Mother and Sunday next, uh, with games next Sunday and Masters, there's no mm. fixtures on as well. Does cause a little bit of a problem. But we're in a good place with the women's football. It's the men's football that I'm seriously concerned mm. about because when you look at uh, there's one or two Premiership clubs. I think it's Honkin and uh, Corinthians. They've only played 14. Mm. Well, uh, when you you look, we've got the Hospital Cup starting. Uh, sort of uh, April time, uh, the middle, of, or just after Easter, I mm-hmm. think it is. So uh, we need to try and clear some of this backlog before we have major problems struggling to try and get it done before TT.
1: Is there a possibility that, just say, I mean I'm being very hypothetical, but would it come down to just to make sure that the league is the priority? I would imagine. Is there a possibility that you'd say, right, sorry guys, but we just don't have room for hospital cup this season?
2: Uh, I wouldn't like to do that be purely because of what we had in COVID. Um, we mm-hmm. had all sorts and we got through it in the end. Um, no, we, we just got to, you know, keep going and, and play twice a week. And this is what I think will cost Corinthians because uh, they're looking at twice a week every week. So you're going to have injured players. We've also got Carl Cup to contend with. They've mm-hmm. got the combination one uh, trophy and junior cups and, and hospital cups. So there's all sorts, but... It's all down to the Max Grand Prix now because that sort of dictates to us when we can start. Mm, That's usually the first week in in, uh, September. And Mm. with the weather that we've had, December, the weather that we've had today, it doesn't help matters. Mm.
1: Okay, Um, Just again, just touching on women's football again, uh, we didn't really have a lot of time that I'd like to have devoted to it last week on the programme. But um, the Just Play... Um, initiative which took place a couple of weeks ago, very successful I think there were 60 odd girls down there in the end and 16 new faces um, one thing maybe uh, just a little bit disappointed, I think it would have been nice to have seen some old faces coming back as well You know, girls that have maybe used to play football, don't play anymore maybe they've gone off for whatever reasons but uh, it would have been nice to have welcomed some of them back And uh, the, but the, there will be an opportunity for players old, new and current again very soon
2: Yeah, they're going to try the one on the 29th, which is just before Easter, which is a good time. Uh, But the summer one is going to be done uh, in July. I think it's the uh, all of July, I think it is the whole competition, so it's good. But as you say, 16 new players, in was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two or three of them have already gone to a club to Mm -hmm. try and help them. I think it was uh, Castletown. But uh, the older players, if you like, I think it's harder because... A lot of them now, Dave, I'm not saying all of them are parents. Yeah. And it's just that juggling acting. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, they've just got to sort it out. But it's a good initiative. There's a good working group there who uh, have got, if you like, inside contacts. That's the important mm-hmm. one where they can entice the girls to come out and uh, maybe recommence playing football again. Or, more importantly, uh, you know, just uh, find a little bit more enthusiasm to uh, sort of allow them to, you know, progress further. In, win, in the women's game.
1: So, if anyone's listening and thinking, what are they talking about, this just play initiative? So, it's down at the bowl and it's a couple of hours, I believe, and it's just come down and, and effectively have a kickabout and learn a little bit more about the women's game. And, and also, it's not just about playing football, there's a social side as well, isn't there?
2: Oh, absolutely. And uh, when you look at uh, the Isle of Man FA website, it's all there, uh, the information and if they need to get in touch or want any advice, I'm sure there's people involved in that working group mm-hmm. would just explain to them, because I think what did come out of that uh, first one that they did uh, was that they mixed the, the better players up with the younger players, uh, the new players, yeah, to help them. they did that. And you could see that, and it just encouraged them. Uh, they weren't coming down suddenly faced. face by 11 island internationals and, and tried mm-hmm. to see if they enjoyed playing football. So I, felt, I thought it went really well. It,
1: well, at first I was a little, I must admit, I was sceptic because the, the, the they were doing that. And I was thinking, these new girls aren't seeing the ball. But at the end of the session, all the new players got to play with each other. So they all had a little bit of experience of playing with the experienced girls. And then they all got to play by themselves. And they got to see a lot more of the ball. And, uh, and I think they all came away smiling. What I would like to see, and I don't know whether it's possible, was because again if you can't commit to something like that on the night so uh, they're coming down in their trainers and kind of not very appropriate footwear maybe some of the established girls if they've got old pairs of boots or whatever and i think this is what happens at youth level as well um there's a scheme where they can bring old football boots along and the girls who could turn up can just try on a pair of football boots for the evening wear them you know as long as they're the right size etc and enjoy the football a little bit better than just kicking around in trainers
2: yeah there's, there's plenty of that around and I know there's uh, we've got one at Corinthians and um, where we've got what we call a boot bin mm. you take a pair out you put a pair in brilliant and, and it works really well and like some of the boots are, have hardly been worn Dave yeah but, you know with uh, the women's football th- there's no problem if someone was wanted a pair of boots there's plenty of uh, yeah. sets of boots out there that we could get a hold of but it's more just getting them to enjoy it first mm-hmm. That's, and, well, that's what um, I was saying. As
1: I say, come down, just put a pair of boots on. I mean, then put them back if you're not interested afterwards. You don't have you know, exactly. To, just to, and then feel even a little bit more part of, you know, what's going on.
2: Yeah, it's good. And this is what we're trying to do because, you know, women's, as you followed it for many years now with your daughter, women's football has sort of grown to a little bit of a halt. Uh, team-wise, we're, we're down to sort of six teams. And, you know, when we, we're going to the Island Games mm. in, in the first week in July, and we're hoping to bring a gold home. So it just mm. shows you how much talent is there. And there's some really good young players, as you've seen mm-hmm. following Charlie. Um, when you look at uh, new one that's come in, 16 years of age. There's loads uh, of Ruby 16 Palmer years. And yeah. uh, Emily Rawlins
1: as well, 16 years of age. Aaron Sells. Yeah. Aaron Sells has just yeah. turned 17. You yeah. know, they're, And they're not the only ones. There's uh, Lucy Barnett out of Peel. Leah Clegg out of Peel. There's loads. Uh, but there's just... We just need a few more. And I'd love to see some girls that used to play football come back. That would be fantastic.
2: Yeah, it's been going for a long, long time now. Mm. And at one stage, I think, if I remember, 13 teams. 14 teams, I think it was. 14 teams, was it? Mm. Uh, Uni Mills had two. Mm. Uh, It was unbelievable. But, you know, just at the moment, for whatever reason, it's hard. And, you know, when you look at the women's football Mm. in England, it's absolutely flying. But even, I think, grassroots football, women's football in UK, hasn't gone absolutely mental with what's happened Mm -hmm. to the Lionesses. But uh, certainly in the Isle of Man, we need more. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Isle of Man FA aren't frightened to sort of alter things to make it better. Mm -hmm. But it has to be better for new players. One of those toughest calls.
1: Yeah, one of those toughest calls. You said new players go into Castletown. At the moment, they are kind of being stamped on most weekends because they're they're struggling to, to get players. And not the best place to maybe go to start with you know if you're going to join a team that's getting beat 11-0 every week so I mean I know it's tough and I know the FA can't dictate but there has to be a sort of maybe a bit of a balance between the clubs to try and make it more of an equal competition
2: I think the clubs uh, try and do that you know let, let's look at Peel uh, Onken mm. uh, and also uh, sort of Corinthians Douglas Roll to a fashion as well Yeah, um, when they're playing against a team and, and the scores are, are going well They do try to sort of even it up. But Mm. one thing that does come out from these meetings is that the girls who are maybe having a tough game that day and conceding a lot of goals, they don't want other clubs to feel sorry for them. It's all a learning curve for them. Don't um, suddenly put the goalkeeper up front and stuff like that. They don't (laughs) want to see that. But there is a way to bring the younger players through for Mm. the better clubs is maybe in games like that. So it's all something that we all need to work hard at to make it Yeah a success that um, certainly football is on the island.
1: Um, Michael United, there's talk that they're trying to get a girls' team together as well.
2: Yeah, Rob released that a couple of weeks ago and, um, you know, they've got a good man in there, as I said then, Michael Corlett, who's done it before. He's trained the island squad, so he knows everything. Um, But again, it's just getting the the numbers up there to get it started and hopefully another team will come in. And
1: amazing that we don't really have a team from the north. You know, not even Laxey, which is... You know quite surprising really because they've been really really good in recent years in providing women's football
2: yeah when you look at uh, the younger teams that are coming through with it Onkin got uh, terrific numbers coming through girls football uh, you've got uh, douglas uh, and district uh, but uh, you know laxie have have got a lot of uh, good players in there as well but when you look at previous northern teams michael have had a team air have had a team ramsey have had a team laxie have had a team so there are people that are interested enough in, in mm. playing it. It's just someone grasping it and just saying, right, let's let's get this going here and let's get enough players in.
1: OK, thanks, Tony. Um, ben Cunningham still to come with a look at today's hockey, but I'm going to bring Rob Fritchard in now and keep Tony Beppham with us as well. Let's talk FC Isle of Man. Um, we're into March. Let's rewind back to last August. Uh, we would never have said we would be surprised if someone had said, yeah, FC Isle of Man, just above the relegation places.
0: Well, you, you say that, but I think there was an acceptance early on, uh, not just from uh, Paul Jones, who's the interim boss now, but also from uh, his uh, his predecessor, Chris Bass. And the messages started coming out very early in pre-season that, uh, looking at the quality of the teams th- in this league, it is a big step up from the NWCFL Division 1 South into the NWCFL Premier Division. It's quite well noted, not just here, but by other clubs around, that at this particular tier, it's a strong division stay in this league, consolidate your place. That was Mm -hmm. the word that was coming out very early. And as it stands at the moment, yes, they're down towards the bottom of the table, have been for a while. It's been a very challenging campaign at times. Uh, But going into this weekend, they have that uh, nine-point cushion from the relegation zone. And I can actually say that it will stay at at least nine points because uh, Bursko, the team below them, uh, lost narrowly today in an absolutely thrilling game over there. They lost uh, 5-4 at home to within Shore Town. So that gap will remain the same no matter what happens tomorrow. FC Isle playing Northwich Victoria, who uh, beat FC Isle of Man back in November 3-1 at the mm-hmm. bowl. So a very good team, and they're in the top five places at the moment. Where the points go obviously depends on results around them today and what happens tomorrow. But uh, Northwich Victoria, very good team and a, a very well-established and respected team in uh, non-league football across uh, England as well. Uh, we're looking at FC Isle Three wins from their last four games. It's been a real turnaround in form and the last result was a very hard-fought 1-0 home win over Winsford United last Saturday, which Tony and I covered. Um, Northwich, Victoria, as I've mentioned, in those top five places in the league. But um, FC Allemans' interim manager, Paul Jones, well, he insists uh, his team is in a good place right now to compete and that uh, confidence is high. I spoke to him this week.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a really, really tough game. Kind of snuck up towards that kind of promotion sort of places over the last kind of... Six weeks or so, um, getting some really good results. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a real stiff test for us this uh, this week, and um, hopefully we haven't lost any of our momentum that we've bu- that we've been building through the postponement, through the midweek game. But yeah, we're looking forward to the test and seeing where we're at.
0: Now, of course, you lost three-one to Northwich at the bowl toward the back end of 2022, but you beat Winsford United at home last weekend. Winsford then went on to beat Vauxhall Motors, who were, of course up toward the top of the table as well. Do you think a result like that and some of the other results we see means that from your perspective a lot of these teams toward the top are beatable. Yeah, I think
3: you've kind of nailed it there. You see you see the results week in, week out, and you can never really gauge who's gonna beat who one week to the next. And um yeah, some of it'll depend on player availability, I'm sure, and, and whether players have moved on or um, whether they brought any players in. But yeah, I think I think every team is beatable for sure. Um and we you know, we're gonna to have to be somewhere close to our best on, on Sunday to give us a real good chance of beating an informed team. But yeah, I, I don't think we go into any game um, I'm not thinking we have an opportunity to win if we perform well. Um, so you know we'll take that into Sunday and, and hopefully we'll we'll give ourselves an opportunity to get three points.
0: It's been a good few weeks, uh, a real upturn in results, so uh, over the last, I suppose, seven days leading up to this game, how have you been sort of trying to keep up that momentum and keep up that positivity within the squad to, to go to Northwich and try and get a result?
3: Yeah, I mean, I've been away with work uh, most of this week, so I've, I've not been around, so maybe that will help them <laughs> be in a good place for not having me pestering them for a few days, so they, they had a good session on Tuesday morning. A little bit of a break sometimes is really good. They've, they've worked ever so hard since we've come in working with them and had a lot of a lot of games um so you know they trained well tuesday worked on a few bits that we were looking to improve on after the winsford game um and and, you know a couple of days off is probably no bad thing really yeah they're in everyone's in a really good place really looking forward to playing football i think you know in a manager now my role is to to not interfere too much and I think if I interfere too much or try and add too much into to to the group when they feel like they're going in a good direction, then I'm I might uh, I might put some doubts or or, or stop that progression as the t- of the team. So yeah, it's just kind of little little tweaks and little things to think about rather than you know maybe we we threw an awful lot at them very early on which we felt they needed and and now it's just a case of kind of fine tuning things rather than you know creating things or doing things for the sake of it to look busy. So um so that's kind of how we've been thinking about really the last week or so. Well,
0: that was um, Paul Jones speaking to myself regarding tomorrow's game. So just taking a look at a bit of team news before we move on for FC Isle of Man this weekend. So... After securing a clean sheet on his return last week, Dean Kearns will keep his place in goal as Ben Wilkinson, James Rice and Matthew Quirk continue their recoveries from injury. In the back line, Ryan Burns and Tom Shimmin come into Paul Jones' lineup as defensive options with Jamie Corlett and Owen Sherrod dropping out. And there's a boost in the attacking options as well this week too as Furo Davies returns to the fold after a three-match suspension. He replaces Tom Creer. So the SCLM squad to face Northwich Victoria tomorrow is as follows. It is Dean Kearns. Ryan Burns, Carl Clark, Jacob Crook, Alex Maitland, Tom Shimmin, Dean Lease, Charlie Higgins, Ronan McDonnell, Jack McVeigh, Kyle Watson, Michael Williams, Steve Whitley, Thuro Davies, Sean Doyle, and Frank Jones. And that game kicking off tomorrow at 2 pm. Response
1: to that uh, squad, Tony, what you'd expect? Any, any names in there that. Uh...
2: I feel for Owen Sherrod. Um, he's got a boot on, and I saw him today, spoke to him today. And um, whether it's a break, they're not 100% sure yet, so we've got to wait and see. Uh, but no, it's a good enough squad. And, you know, the players coming back in, the the number one jersey has been the one that we've been looking at because Ben Wilkinson has been impressive young lad. Uh, plays under 18s come in, and uh, he cracked a bone in his uh, wrist. So James Rice is back in there training, so that will help things. But I think, um, you know, it's been pretty well near enough, the same team that Paul's been... Uh, picking now and there's good experience in there that helps blend the youth and I think um, you know Alex Maitland now and Jack McVeigh look so comfortable uh, at the back, Jacob Cook on that left hand side and then right hand side whether he plays Ryan Burns or or Carl Clark or whoever, Owen sherrod has been playing really well then it's great but it's just up that forward line, Dan Simpson had his operation last week so hopefully he'll be back very shortly uh, knee operation so um, it's all sort of looking good for the the running that they've got, but I think they're safe now. I think they've got what they needed Mm -hmm. to do, so credit to them. And then it's a question of uh, sort of a little bit more time, I think, to prepare for the 23-24 season than they had preparing for this year.
1: We don't want to see a repeat, though, in 23-24 or 22-23, Rob.
0: No, no, it's important that they do start to build on that. But I think one thing I was going to point out there whilst, um, whilst Tony was talking there, you know, they have three wins from the last four, which is you know, vital points on the board. All points are valuable at that end of the table. Well, that's, that, that's the
1: nine-point gap that they now have above relegation. If they
0: hadn't won those three, they'd have lost those three, they would now be. It could, be edge, a very the, diff- yeah. it could be a very different it could be a very different sub but i think also crucially as well is how well they've shored things up defensively in the last couple of weeks two clean sheets in the last three mm. now that might not sound like much to some people but at this particular level of football and you'll see this in the Building other blocks. divisions not just building blocks, but as well, clean sheets are quite hard to come by Mm. at this level of the game. We saw it in the Division 1 South last season when FC and were in there. Although they were scoring bags of goals, they were still sometimes conceding at the other end. It was the attacking quality that was blowing teams away. But teams at this level, and I think Paul Jones has said it, Chris Bass before him, these teams are just a little bit smarter, a little bit fitter, and it really does make a difference. But the fact that they now seem to have worked out, at least in these recent weeks, some of the uh, defensive issues that they may have had in times gone by, I think that really is starting to give some of those midfield and attacking players a bit more confidence to start bringing their game forward, that they're not worrying too much about conceding so clearly a lot of work has gone into it back there if you look at the system, and we, we can see it, Tony and I, week and week out, because we've that vantage point, we've got the bowl, you know you've got a solid back three in there, good experience figures, but when you add in, in those wide areas, uh, Jacob Crook, who's now a regular in the side, we saw his potential last season, Owen Sherrod coming into the mix I know Tony's mentioned there a knock after the last game as well, so hopefully nothing too serious there. But when you add the pace that they've got to bring to the attacking game, they can then drop into potentially a back five as well. It's been a long transition period for Paul Jones, and there have certainly been, you know, if you look if you look at some of the comments, there have been maybe skepticism. I've put this very question to him a couple of times since he came in, but it starts seems to starting to come together at the moment, and that that will be that, that term you used, Dave, building blocks. They do have to take that into next season because depending on which teams come up and come down into that league, assuming that FCR man stay in there, uh, we, we obviously it's not mathematically certain yet. They do have to build from that point and they won't have the pool of players to maybe bring in that, say, other teams across might do.
1: Do we have an inkling on who will be in charge next season or is even there a possibility that Paul Jones might continue in the role?
0: Well, I don't think Tony's it's <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's fair to, to speculate but, on. I mean, that, do, but, um, do we know if they're any closer to, to making an appointment? No. The, the, well, if the, pro- the process closes, I believe it's on the twenty fourth of March. So until you, they have an idea of who who's applying, uh, so is that the situation? Is it they, they've reached out and basically said we're looking for a manager? They've not gone headhunting. It, it, it's an open application process uh, whether Paul Jones is going to throw his hat into the ring certainly when I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago he indicated that he might be interested in it but it depends on mm. which other parties if any come in we, we just can't speculate at this point as to who's going for the job ok um, I think that rounds up all
1: our fc Isle of man and uh, football business uh, thank you very much Rob Pritchard and Tony meppen we're going to move on next to hockey so-
0: Manx Radio
1: Sport. And we welcome to the microphone Ben Cunningham. Ben, um, a mixed bag of hockey today because of uh, rearranged fixtures after uh, I think Thursday night was uh, obviously decimated. You had some, I think there were some games were due to go ahead on Thursday but because of the weather they didn't happen.
6: Yeah, that's true. We had a few uh, cup games that were meant to go ahead but obviously the weather put pay to them so we're... Get them hopefully rescheduled very soon.
1: OK, let's start off in the Ladies Premier League today then. And uh, No real shocks. Uh, a win for Vikings against Castletown B.
6: Yeah, 5-0 win there. Kim Carney with two, Zoe Crow with two and Sarah Blackman with a goal. And that keeps Vikings very much uh, chasing Castletown A down.
1: And also, uh, Napapi, were Valkyres against Backers. Uh, yeah, and five different names on the score sheet for Valkyres.
6: Yeah, five different goal scorers for Valkyres A. Eh? Uh, Ellen Roberts, Ellen Cleeter, Maxine Smalling, Flo Barber and Emily Kelly. And then Backers A eh, got two goals, Isabel Craig and Louise Corkill.
1: Excellent. Uh, On to Men's Premier League. I was just on the Ladies' Premier League. That doesn't
6: affect the tables too much, does it? Doesn't affect the tables, but Castletown A, Aircast Town B will be looking to get a result next week or it could be relegation.
1: Okay, Men's Premier League then, uh, Castletown, Castletown men going down 5-0 to backers.
6: Yeah, this was a top of the uh, league clash uh, first v second. I umpired this game um, and it was a very end-to-end game and then eventually backers... Uh, just managed to catch Castan out and wear them down. Uh, Johnny Callow with two, Carl Moore with two, and Andy Whiting with a goal and a 5 nil victory for them.
1: Uh, five goals also between Backers B and Vikings, but Vikings grabbing four of those five.
6: Yeah, Nathan Evans with one, Dom Hubble with one, Archie Cayley with one, and John Cooper with goals each for Vikings A. And then for Backers B, it was Craig
1: And the game between Valcarce
6: and Ramsey postponed. So, in terms of the Men's Premier League? Um, Very much, as you were. Mm -hmm. uh, Backers are flying at the minute and I think potentially could wrap up the title next week. We'll see.
1: Okay. Ladies Division 1, Ramsey beating Vikings B3-1.
6: Yeah. uh, Christina Kameen, Caitlin Butler, uh, uh, Burnett, sorry, and uh, Charlotte Brooks with goals each for Ramsey. And it was Becky O'Brien with the consolation for Vikings B. Uh, Do we have a result for the... Backers B against C? We do. Um, It was a 4-2 win to Backers B over Backers C. I have Backers C's goal scorers. Uh, It was uh, Sophie Telford with both goals. Um, The report I've got, though, is Backers B started with a full team but then finished with eight due to injury. Um, I haven't got Backers B's goal scorers, um, but, yeah, a bit of a uh, worrying-sounding game there at Derby and they were losing players injured. On to Harlequins against Valkyries B. A tight affair, this one. Just the one goal in it. And this was first v second in this league. So this game had a lot riding on it. And it was the league leaders that have won it 1-0. And Rachel Milton got the uh, the goal of the game, which sealed the deal.
1: OK, we'll move on to men's
6: division one. Uh, unfortunately,
1: I think Harlequins were winning uh, against Vikings C, But the match was abandoned.
6: Yeah, so this game was abandoned at 3-0 uh, with eight minutes to go. Uh, The game was stopped uh, due to player discipline on both teams. Um, That's rare in hockey. It's very rare. I mean, yeah. Yeah, OK. So but, We'll move
1: on from that. But yeah. uh, yes, um, but is there a possibility that that, that score will that remain?
6: score will stand because it's uh, past the, the, uh, go- the yeah. period. OK,
1: yeah. so even though it was abandoned, it was uh, a 3-0 victory for yeah. Harlequin. And it was so. a mutual agreement by both captains. All right, OK, good. Uh, plenty of goals in the other fixture in Men's Division 1. However, it was Valkyries B who took them all,
6: 7-0. Yeah, Mike Fowles with 2, Kieran Gell with 1. Steve Cotter with two and Michael Deal with two.
1: And the men's division one looking the table?
6: Uh, yeah, as you were pretty much. Uh, Harlequins A have got that result today as it will stand. Um, Falky's B have got a good result there. Harlequins B need to find a result uh, in their last few games or it will be relegation.
1: Ladies' division two, games between Castambo. D and Viking C and Valkyrie C and Ramsey B all postponed. Harlequins B against Castletown, that went ahead though.
6: That went ahead and it was a 6-0 win to Castletown C. Uh, Bree Colester with two, Leslie Shimon with one, Fern Gatzi with one, Kira Cooper with one and um, Emily Osborne with goal.
1: Men's Division 2, Backers C going down 3-0 against Castletown C.
6: Yep, Jeff Butler with two goals and Steve Jackson with a goal for himself. Ramsey B, 1-2-1 against Backers Colts. Yeah, really close game this by the report I've got. Uh, Dan Stevens and Alex Shimon with goals each for Ramsey and then Alex Stewart with the goal for Backers Colts.
1: And Onto the mixed under-15s. Just the one game went ahead, and that was a 6-1 victory for Castletown Sabres against Backers.
6: Yeah, uh, Robbie Vaughan with three, ozan Dunn with two, and Lower Hornby Wheeler with a uh, goal for Castletown Sabres. And then it was uh, Nick Wilson with the goal for Backers. So how did um,
1: the girls get on last, week, uh, last Sunday? There was a big game, wasn't there? Yeah, the there was water? a big
6: game. The under-18s girls went away, and sadly they lost out 3-1. <laughs> Um, from the report I got, and Rob posted it onto the Manx Radio page, if you want to read it, it's mm-hmm. a fantastic report that's been done. Um, but, yeah, it was a real end-to-end game. And from the manager's point of view, from the under-18s, um, the game could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. But we've got two uh, uh, teams again away this weekend. Um, so we have got we've got the ladies' um, senior team. They're away at uh, Newcastle Ladies First uh, tomorrow. And then our under-14s boys are away at uh, Brooklyn, Manchester, under-14s boys in their uh, Tier 2 knockout plate championship game. So we wish them all well. We
1: do wish them well. We've still got a few minutes just to go before 6 o'clock and maybe uh, might still involve Tony and Rob in this. But uh, first of all, um, the Sport Awards are coming up and there's a very good chance because hockey never seems to get any uh awards when it comes to the very other man quiet. sports yeah um but sienna dunn is up for you know uh female sports person of the year yeah. and th- and she stands a very good chance having captained england at under 18 level
6: yeah absolutely she stands a really good chance uh, to captain england that's uh, some achievement you know it's it's every player's dream to mm-hmm. be able to do that and for Sienna to go ahead, get, get that opportunity and take it. And she was named the Under-18s um 18s, uh, Girls Player of the Year as well across. For it's, England hockey. For England hockey. That's more momentum for her to mm. potentially get this award at the uh, the awards night in a few weeks' time. One
1: just other thing as well, because um, the Island, it's Island Games year as well, and hockey, what's the score with hockey in the Island Games?
6: <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> Is that your answer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um it's a good question um it's a question that i can look into and get an answer for you okay um but, but yeah i wouldn't i haven't got that much information on that okay uh, but we have got our island teams that go away yeah in the knockout competition that's county competition and, isn't yeah, it yeah so very much i f- that really could potentially be our, our our island teams so yeah
1: okay um i'll just bring tony mappen back in then because uh yeah in terms of Ireland games preparation for both men's and women's teams
2: yeah, we're in full swing now. Uh, the men, uh, they're backing off a little bit for games. They've got one, I think it's on the 21st of May. Uh, the women are just organising now. They've got two trips away, which is going to be good to uh, see. Gives uh, Wayne see the opportunity to, you know, get them off the island mm-hmm. and uh, playing against opposition because over here, restricted men, it's okay. Uh, the cost, obviously, for the Island Games has just gone oh, yeah, through the yeah, roof. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, hotels have doubled uh, flights and everything else. But it's a great competition and, you know, hockey would be great. I think there's 12 sports picked and I think it's the island that hosts it can choose the sports. Uh, it's quite interesting. I found out last night, it's true, that there's no gymnastics. Rob might know better. There's no gymnastics in Guernsey, which I was uh, surprised... Uh, that there isn't but certainly football wise it's strong. We've, um, we've done well the Isle we of Man. have. Yeah they
1: you know supply great gymnasts in the past and hopefully continue that into the future and we've got great facilities on the island for gymnastics as well.
2: Well it is and um, it's a few years yet to go uh, when we're going to re-host it again here on the Isle of Man and it's it's a massive uh, competition and it's sort of the, the stepping stone for new young people that uh, have taken up a sport to come in have showed excellence on it and it's uh, probably the first chance of international competition that they get but um you know certainly football it's it's always been tough uh, for the senior men but uh, the women they always uh, sort of battle well
1: yeah um I think is it July 8th to 14th the Arnhem games that's correct um
0: yeah. do we know will there be any coverage of the games do we know is that no. being confirmed yet uh, th- there will indeed. Uh, I'll be heading over there myself.
1: Oh right, okay. Just Rob, Rob Pritchard reporting, or I mean, just is... me
0: flying solo for Manx
1: Radio. <laughs> but it's okay, for them. So, but Manx Radio. So the coverage will just be reports, will it? There'll be no live coverage of games or anything. Do we know yet? Or well, is it too early to say?
0: It, it's too early to say at this point. So we, we still have to wait when the uh, programs come out because the team selections are unlikely to take place before the start of April. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a deadline, I believe. It is by the uh, the end of March, but. Weather announcement. Two teams have announced already, so we already know the uh, badminton team, we already know the table tennis team. Uh, they're two of the ones that have historically uh, announced mm. quite early, but we are still at least a good few weeks away from uh, full team selections being announced. In terms of the programme, that is uh, still being worked on. Stay um, tuned.
1: Just looking ahead then, um, when do the midweek fixtures start, Tony, for football? Um, when does that happen? Is it once the clocks have changed at the end of March?
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll probably go the week after Easter just to give us a, an extra sort of a few days but you know easter is um what the seventh eighth weekend um so we'll probably go the, the weekend after that because i think the clocks go uh 24th is it 24th 25th mm-hmm. i think um it's, it's a the, little it's bit the last too sunday. Soon.
1: it's the last sunday in march always uh, yeah i think it's yeah. about
2: the 20 24th 25th yeah. something like that or okay. it might be 26th it's yeah it's too soon the first okay. week after but we'll have a look at it but we, we've got a bit of a problem now
6: okay
1: and what about hockey I mean, are you going to get hockey in Ben before the end of the season?
2: Yeah,
6: we're we're looking good, pretty much. Um, obviously, today we lost um, uh, Peel. Uh, all the fixtures at Peel. The uh, the pitch inspection didn't take long. They arrived and turned around straight away in the Frozen? car park. It was like an ice ring. Okay. Um. So yeah, we've got them fixtures to fit in. Um. All the plate uh, semi-finals, cup, and bowl are all near enough complete, and they're going to be played on the 29th of April. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully we'll be reporting live at the games as well. And, yeah, we've got, we're have got we're on the rundown now. We're nearly there with the end of the league.
1: Okay. Well, gentlemen, we are almost out of time. Thank you so much for your company again, Uh, especially Dave Christian as well, covering rugby for us. But it's just time for me to say thank you to Tony Mappham, Ben Cunningham and Rob Pritchard for their company on Saturday Sports Classified. We're going to hand you back now to Radio Caroline, who are going to keep you going through the weekend. But from me and the rest of the team, it's goodbye for now.